So you'd say we're pretty good friends, right? Yeah, I'd probably say that. <laughs> I thought since we were pretty good friends, we could talk about some of the things that we like to do with each other. Okay. Like to have a good time. And um, I don't know. I feel like this could be fun for people that have kids that are looking for something to do. But some of the stuff that w- is stuff that we had a good time doing even before we had kids. Though I think that probably now that we have kids, it's more necessary. But it also is, it has to be more intentional. Are you referring to the at-home date night? At-home date nights? Um, sure. I mean... Anytime that we want to do anything together now, it has to be much more intentional than when we didn't have... When we didn't have children, it was easy to just do whatever we wanted to. Yes. And now that we have children, we have no choice but to make time for each other and to make time for everything. They talk a lot when they're awake. I... Before we had kids, I severely underestimated... Just how difficult it would be to, like, give you a 30-second rundown of my day. Or 10 seconds. Or to, like, ask you, like, how the kids were. Like, even just explaining simple things are impossible sometimes with children in the house. Yes, for sure. And we have a thing right now with our daughter named Molly where sometimes she mistakes being asked to... She'll lower first her volume or lower her volume as um, you don't want to hear from me as us not wanting to hear from her or talk to her or hear what she has to say, which is not true. Um, we like our kids. We try to make an effort. I think both of us to ask them, you know, the talking one more than the not talking one, what um, what they're thinking and what their day was like. But. You know, sometimes, sometimes it's not enough. Feelings are hurt. But I wanted to talk uh, specifically about what are some fun things to do at home once the kids have gone to bed that um, we can enjoy together. And this specific episode, I wanted to talk about the different board games or card games or just table Tabletop games? Can I use that term? Tabletop <laughs> that games. too nerdy. Tabletop games that but we like to play together that are fun. And so... Nice. Um, one of the reasons I like this type of game is it forces us... It doesn't force us. That sounds weird. <laughs> it allows us to talk to each other while we're doing something instead of just like absentmindedly watching something or going and doing our own things. This is something that we have to talk to each other get to talk to each other. And then there's some of the games that we're going to talk about where we have to talk with each Like we have to work together and, and strategize together. Mm-hmm. So what are, what are some of your favorite games that we play? Well, we just finished pandemic legacy mm-hmm. and that was super fun. I had a really good time with that. So I think that is probably one of my favorite board games that I've ever played. Same. Which, um, for those people that don't know, Pandemic is a game where you all of the players work together and the board kind of follows its own rules. And so you, as players, have to work together to overcome the board instead of competing against each other. But with this one, the game evolves. So yeah, there's a regular version of Pandemic, which you can just buy at Target. 
which um, is, I, I feel like it's not that complicated. If you're looking to get into board games, I don't think the original Pandemic is overly complicated. It's a good, like, first level. First or like, second level. like Nerdy game. Like, more, <laughs> yeah, more than, more than Trouble, more than Sorry. It's like a next level game, but it's not too crazy. It's a grown up game. Yeah, pretty much anyone could learn this game if you sit down and really try. Um, Pandemic Legacy is a step above that where it takes almost like video game like rules where every single game that you play has permanent effects on the next games that you'll play, which have permanent effects on the next game. And it's almost like there's a constant, well, I mean, it is like there's a constantly changing story Mm -hmm. from start to finish. And you're like, you're opening new boxes, adding new pieces, destroying pieces. Yeah, you're supposed to rip up pieces when you're, when you are done with them. I just put them in a Ziploc. Yeah, and um, (laughs) you're putting stickers on the board and that changes things. But essentially, the reason that I think I liked that game most was that because um, it was constantly changing, it was forcing us to constantly talk and come up with new strategies and figure out new ways to work together in the game to be able Even to overcome the problems. outside the game. What do you mean? Like, we weren't just talking over the game. We were talking about the game while we weren't playing. Sure, yeah. So, one of my favorite things is when we can find a hobby. And we'll talk about this more probably with different things. But one of my favorite things is when we can find a hobby that we can talk about even when we're not playing a game. So if I'm at work and I think about something, I can text you about it. And it's things that we can have conversations if, I don't know, our children happen to be distracted for 30 seconds. Like, it's <laughs> something that we can have conversations with even when we're not doing it. And that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some other board games that you like? Because, I mean, here, let's face it, I'm kind of the nerd here. <laughs> so... I mean, I could talk about board games all the time. I want to hear, and I think our audience would like to hear what types of games you like. Um, Well, we like like the standard. We played Skipbo a lot when we were kids. Mm -hmm. So we like to play that one. It's kind of like a nostalgia thing. And Skipbo is really good because Skipbo is a game that you can have conversations over. Yeah, it's kind of mindless. It's extremely mindless. If you can count to 12, you can play Skipbo. And, And... so, that's not entirely true. That's very simplified. This is also like, so there's different levels of difficult difficulty, complexity. Skipbo is a type of game where we, we just may want to sit down and have some reason to sit and talk. But also, some days your brain is just fried and you don't want to play Pandemic Legacy or, or some other complicated game. Sometimes it's nice to just, hey, we're counting to 12 tonight and let's talk <laughs> about our day. Or let's, sometimes we like to uh, just put on, like, the 2000s pop music station and pretend that we're young playing Skippo when we're dating again. Until the baby cries. Until the baby (laughs) cries. Um, But it's an easily interrupted game as well. Yeah. You can just pick it up. Yeah, it's it's easy to go, easy come, easy go. Great for new parents. Um, So Skippo was one that we play off and on to different stages in our life we haven't played that in a while it's been a bit um categories is another good one we played categories your brain a little more we played categories more before we had children i noticed a definite um decrease in my ability to play that game after we had kids yes yeah, my brain is... just doesn't work after 8 p.m 
it's another one where it's weird because I feel like if we played categories more, we might be better people. <laughs> because categories is one that forces you to increase your vocabulary That's by thing. thinking of different words that start with the same letter. Another game that anyone could play, but um, we haven't played that one in a while either. Which one? Categories. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought you were going to bring up a new game. No. So then what are the, what? what's another one of the like more complicated games that you like? More complicated? Mm-hmm. Um, well, we have been, I say we have been, we played one time <laughs> the zombie side, which is really fun and really hard. Yeah, we played a game called Zombicide. We played that before we had kids, and we just now brought it back up. I don't know if I can recommend this one as it's easily. Because there's a it's expensive, and there's a lot of pieces. It's not difficult to learn. It's difficult, difficult to navigate that uh, instruction manual. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. This is like a third tier. We'll say Zombicide is like a third tier game. It's not really a difficult game, but I feel like if you're just trying to get... If you're a a couple who's just trying to get into board games, this might be like a third step. Because there's a lot... It's more expensive. There's a lot of pieces. And there's just a lot going on. It's also hard. Like, we were playing... We lost... The last time we played it. This is another type of game that you play um, it's against the board. Yeah, cooperative. So, Which is really fun for couples. Yeah, I like those ones a lot. But yeah, this one's really hard. And it, it's up to six players, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Pandemic Legacy is up to four players. The weird we thing played... about Pandemic Legacy was because of its permanence, I didn't really want to play with other people. Though. Sure. Especially once we started. Yeah. No, we played Zombicide like, before we had kids. With my brothers. Yeah. Like one summer. And Zombicide is a good game if you have a table where you could leave the pieces up because there's a lot of moving parts. Also, our table, we have a small table. It Mm -hmm. wasn't quite big enough to house everything that we needed on the table. (laughs) We had stuff propped up on chairs everywhere. So you you need space for it. I feel like there's two games that we could say are pretty... I don't know, normie people game. Like, you have your Settlers of Catan, and you have your... Well, but Settlers, you have to have three players. Ticket to Ride. I love Ticket to Ride. Settlers, you have to have three players. Which is lame, because I would play Settlers all day. We've played the... um, The dice game is, too. We've played the dice game, and we've also played the... um, like the app version of the game. Like it's available oh, on true. phones and, and iPads. That's fun, but that's like a different type of gaming. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's just different. And it's hard because you have to play with a third player so that you're playing against the computer. And right. it's also competitive. Now, Ticket to Ride is a game that you like. It stresses you out, though. Ticket to Ride stresses me out in a way that I don't... How? Okay. Pandemic was stressful, too. Why don't you hate pandemic? Pandemic is stressful. In a different way? In a way where the game is themed about like a disease destroying the world. <laughs> and we're not work- you just trying to. We're working together. Catch a train. Yeah. Um, Ticket to Ride is about building railroads and it's about like the horrors of early stage <laughs> capitalism. <laughs> And no, I don't know. I just feel like, and like, it's not as bad if we're just playing two players. Sure. 
But if we're playing a four-player ticket to ride with some of our friends, well, I just really get... one of our friends is kind of mean about it. Well, yeah, and it's it it's it gets nasty because sometimes you know who you are. Sometimes you just gotta be nasty, and sometimes you don't want to be nasty, and sometimes you just draw a card and you're screwed. I don't know. For some reason, ticket to ride isn't as one isn't one of my, I'm also bad at it, and maybe that's a huge portion of this discussion. Whereas all the other games that we're saying, I, I have some monicum of skill at, and for some reason, ticket to ride, not I can't not figure it favorite. out. Not a favorite. I love it, but that's not your favorite. My sister and I will play that. Like we've kind of ignored our children before to play that game. Mm-hmm. We just kind of let them run wild and. We have our board game up on the countertop so they can't reach it. And that's a nice game. I, I appreciate Ticket to Ride because sometimes when your sister comes out, the <laughs> kids go to bed and it means I can just go play a video game or something. Yeah. But no. I, go ahead. Well, I keep thinking of more games that we've played together. Like there's Splendor. There's like Machi Koro. There's um, like Hand and Foot. Like sometimes we're old people and play like actual cards with regular cards there's all night foot. um your grandparents taught us that game yeah that game is good because it's scalable i honestly i don't think that game is super simple there's so many weird arbitrary there rules are a to lot of game. rules and it's hard to find like we learned it one way because my grandparents taught us but like i couldn't find the rules once and i was trying to look them up online like there are so many variations so it's hard to was a lot of house rules. You find out your house rules and you stick with those. Um, you mentioned Splendor. Splendor is a great game. What? Oh. She's walking over to our board game cabinet so she can have more options to talk about. <laughs> well, we've enjoyed playing games together for like basically 20 years. So there's a lot of options that yeah, we I have keep a big, forgetting about. We have a big cabinet open here. Um, Such as DC Deck Builder. Yeah, let's stick to games that that are good for two <laughs> players, I guess. DC Deck Builder is really... Is. Um, I feel like that's probably intimidating, but it really shouldn't be. Okay, but that was like one of the first like, more intense games that I ever played. And I actually... Two of those games are mine. I got them for my birthday because I wanted them for my birthday. And a lot of people kind of made fun of my husband for doing that, but I loved it. <laughs> They're good because, and I feel like uh, with a, with the title of deck building, and also because they're they're themed after DC superheroes, it can seem really complicated. And maybe that's something that we should address: is when you're dealing with like, I don't know, I don't really don't know another like term for board games that are not just like children's board games, but like when you're dealing with these like more complicated board games. Sometimes the theming, I think, is a little bit... It could be... I mean, I think it adds to the experience, but it also could be distracting and, and off-putting to people that mm-hmm. aren't used to the more, like, nerdy themes and things. So, like, it's a DC superhero game, but when you boil it down to the mechanics, it really isn't as complicated as it sounds. No. Um, It boils down to, like, getting more powerful, like, higher numbers on your cards so that you can get higher numbers on your cards in the future, and... Then you stack up all your points at the end to see who wins. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, as like a more nerdy person, the superhero theming is cool. But I I definitely don't... like. I think for all of these games, 
you don't have to be into the theme of the game to like no. it. Um, and we've we've had another couple, like one of your best friends also picked up this game and they had a good time playing it as a couple. Mm-hmm. And and they're the same way where like she, the, the wife of the couple didn't really care about the DC superhero aspect of it. They were more into the fact that it's just a fun card game that really isn't as complicated as you might think it is. And it's right. really fun to play with a couple one-on-one. It's a fun double date game. Um, yeah, and like we're we're focusing on games that are fun to play as a couple, but sure. a lot of these games do have other aspects where you could have other couples and do double dates. Mm-hmm. I feel like that might be relevant because we're trying to plan some double date type activities. So, um, you mentioned Machi Koro. Mm-hmm. That was when we got a while ago. I think we. I got that for my birthday, and I literally just picked it because I liked the art style. I thought it was really cute. <laughs> yeah, this is one where you picked the theme. Yeah. So, I mean, that tells you how much I, like, can research these. I don't. Well, I mean, I picked, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I had looked it up. I mean, like, I looked at what the game was, and it looked like it would be fun. But really what attracted to me, attracted me to it was that it was really adorable. <laughs> and this one's pretty simple, too. It's pretty much a game about manipulating odds. Mm-hmm. So you use you use the odds, and you're rolling dice, and you use the odds of what dice you think are more probable to be rolled, and you try to acquire cards that are um, taking advantage of that. And then it kind of snowballs. Like, the better you are, the better you'll continue to do. Mm-hmm. It's pretty short, which is good, because mm-hmm. I think that once you start losing, it's pretty apparent you're going to lose. Right. And so it's nice that that's a shorter game. We don't play that one as much. Mm-mm. I'll put that on my, like, second or third tier of, like, favorites. Um, it does get monotonous when you, like, figure out your strategy. That's true. It's so, less exciting. So, like, one of one of the things that we could take into account when we're talking about like these board games is if you're going to play them over and over certain games are much better about being dynamic with the types of things that you have to do and certain games are once you figure it out you just kind of do the same thing and i don't want to say that's an inherent negative because sometimes that's what you need at the end Mm -hmm. of the day sometimes the kids are crazy and you just want to play something monotonous but then some days you want to try to think about it more like i i really like the aspect of the game where you're trying to figure out what the strategies are mm-hmm. and so machi core is one of those games where the strategy is pretty obvious from the get-go yeah um, i want to say that with machi core they actually display the odds on the card so you don't even have to try to figure that mm-hmm. part out that's most of the big co-op ones yeah All right, so if you had to pick a top three games mm. that you like to play with me on just couples date night, what are you going to be go-to three? My go-to three or my favorite three? Because, like, favorite I loved three. Pandemic Legacy. Okay. I would absolutely pick up season two of that, do that again in a heartbeat. But, mm-hmm. like, we're done with that. So yeah. we're done with season one. Mm-hmm. So, it, this is the type of game that, yeah. It, one, that's not going to be like a go-to game because once you complete it, it's done. 
Yeah, it's and that's kind of a hard sell it's to some people. Complicated, yeah. But it, it's not like we only played it once and we weren't done. I think we played it. No, like I don't know, mm. fifteen times. Yeah, we played through it fast though. Yeah, I mean, probably we two, both really, really liked it. Two weeks. Yeah, maybe. Okay, so favorite three games. You'll say Pandemic Legacy. So that's up there favorite. for sure. Um, I like Skipbo just for the like mm-hmm. mindless doing something together, having a conversation, like enjoying each other's company. Mm-hmm. Just like a mindless thing to do together. And then I'm looking at our games. <laughs> um, probably DC Deck Builder. We haven't played that one in a really long time. There's a lot of different versions of DC Deck Builder. But I really like that game a lot. We have four, five different DC Deck Builder boxes. Mm. One of them is a special expansion. The other four sure. are big expansions. Um, well, they're like standalones, right? Yes. The four big ones are standalones. And that I'm one's trying to expansion. figure out which one of the one is. The, I would recommend the red box or the orange box. Yes. So the either the Teen Titans one or the I think it's Heroes, Heroes Unite. Unite. So either the Teen Titans or the Heroes Unite expansion would be the ones I recommend for deck builder. Yeah. How about you? Top three. Um, I I would say Pandemic Legacy is one of my favorite games yep, that we've yep. played together. I mean, I guess it would just be the same. No, because I really like Splendor too. We didn't talk a lot like about Splendor. Splendor, but Splendor is. A game that we heard about from the like Blimey Cow board game podcast is mm-hmm. where I heard about it. We picked it up and it was super fun and it still is super fun. And like we were able to teach that one to a lot of people that we know, like family wide. Like my mom likes it and now my aunt likes it and my cousin like like mm-hmm. Splendor's really good to teach a lot of people and I really think that it's really it's so easy to learn but so deep. And I feel like that one is constantly I have not figured out a, a solid strategy that always works. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's constantly challenging my brain to think of new ways to play it. So I really, really like Splendor. Yeah, me too. And then I, I, I like Skipbo as well. You know what game I want to get that we don't have? What game is that? Slamwich. <laughs> we don't have Slamwich. We were dating. No, before we were dating, we really played. It's like way before we were dating, like yeah. when we were like eight, waiting for our sisters to get out of ballet class. Do we play Slamwich then? Yes. Yeah, we played Slamwich a ton at Kids Body Shop. Man. Like on the floor at Kids Body Shop. Honestly, I don't remember playing Slamwich until like we were 16 or something. 15. We also did it then. Yeah. Um, And that's one of those games. I don't know how to describe Slamwich. It's pretty basic. You're looking for patterns. You're looking for patterns. It's really basic. But you like, when you see the pattern, you slap the pile. And if you get it first, you get to keep the cards. And it's like whoever. Do you have to get all the cards or do you go through <sighs> the cards? I can't remember now. It's been a really long time. How do we not have that game? I feel like we might have had it and it got thrown away. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure both of our parents have it. I know we both owned it at one point. But that's a fun one that I haven't played in probably like under 15 the army years. Men. Candyland. Oh, Candyland. <laughs> That's not a good game. We're trying to teach our daughter how to play games too, because we enjoy it and we want to be a family that plays games together. But she's three, so we play Candyland, and it's um, mind numbing. Well, she's still learning turn <laughs> structure. 
Sure. I'd rather which play memory important. with her, which is... She's getting good at memory. She's getting better at memory. It still teaches turn structure. And also, it doesn't... I don't... I don't hate it. It's a, it's a game that requires some thinking, which is good. Yeah. And I'd like to teach that to my three-year-old. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, if... um. If you like the show, let us know. If you want to hear us talk about other things that we like to do as a couple, that's cool. And then um, if you have a couple's game that you like to play, even if it's something that's not, you know, if, if it's a basic, like Uno. Scrabble. Scrabble. Bananagrams. Yeah, any of those games. Let us know what types of games that you like to play as a couple because we're always looking for fun new games to play as a couple. And I am not opposed to games complicated or non-complicated. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you.